Alright, good to go whenever. Sorry, I was reading through all these emails that I got. I can do fractures now. <clears throat> okay, I have to teach a bunch of nurses soon, so. Cool. That'll, that'll be, be fun. That'll be interesting. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Vane. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as I'm Sorry, Mario, You're on a Princess Cruise Ship, a COVID-19 adventure. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, this is Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine Podcast. Every week we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. You can find this podcast online at Hi Everybody MD on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, you also HiEverybodyMD.com. Or you can call us at our hotline at 530-DOCTORB. Um, I guess the B this week stands for Big Glands. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that, that would be the way to go. Because we're going to be talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, one of my favorite shows. And it's an episode called Nine Days, so it's season three, episode 12, if you guys want to watch and follow along. Yeah. Can you just explain the premise? The, the premise of the episode, uh, directed by Max Winkler, written by Phil Augusta Jackson, is that because Captain Holt is on a little bit of a sour trip because his husband, Kevin, is away in Paris. Um, Jake comes up with busy work to keep, to keep him social over the weekends and pulls out a cold case out of nowhere. First moment, first interview of that cold case, they both get the mumps and end up quarantined yeah, together. So they follow, um, I guess, a potential witness to the gym. And I think he there was a... They kind of mentioned in passing that mumps wasn't... Wasn't mm-hmm. having an outbreak in the city, and they just saw people dressed up in like the and uh, technically that's an N ninety nine mask, and then that's four better than N ninety five. In theory, yes, but like you shouldn't be using that anyways. It's hard to breathe. Like the N ninety five is good enough. Which please don't buy them if you don't need them. Like the healthcare industry really needs them right now, and everyone's buying them all up, and it's really causing a lot of issues right now. This has been your one moment of actual advice. Yes. I mean, we actually have to reuse our masks. um, Icky! In the whole day, because everyone's buying up all the masks that we need for doctors. That defeats the purpose of having a mask. Well, a little bit. mm, it, it prevents germs from going into you. You're not blowing those germs out onto patients. So yeah. Like, I mean, the only bad part about it is, you know, when you talk, it gets really sweaty. You build up a lot of moisture in there, and that kind of causes a lot of issues. So the fact that we have to reuse masks now because there's been such hysteria about, like, COVID and all that stuff kind of sucks. But, so there was concerns about that. So they go to the doctor's office pretty quickly afterward. Um, and it was Oscar from the office yeah. at the doctor's office. And they diagnosed him pretty much immediately with mumps. Right. We, we don't know if that was the same day or not, but we think it was. Yeah, it takes a... So the incubation time, do you have a guess? I'm going to guess 7 to 14 days. 16 to 18 days. I'm going to guess 16 to 18 yeah. days. So it could, it, it could be quite a while before it tests positive. And usually the way you test it, and you kind of they kind of alluded that they were drawing blood from them because mm-hmm. they all had... The bandage on the arm, but it's really from buckle swabs or your urine. What is a buckle swab? So buckle means cheek. Okay. So they take a Q-tip and they swab the cheeks. Why does buckle mean cheek? I don't know. That's, That's bizarre. Buckle mucosa. The B stands for buckle. Yeah. So then you run it on like a PCR, um, which is like a pretty fast test where it kind of it's called it stands for polymerase chain reaction. So it reads the DNA and kind of matches that DNA with the DNA of the virus that causes mumps, mm-hmm. which in this case would be paramyxovirus. 
that's the most common organism that causes mumps. So mumps can be caused. Is mumps the symptom as opposed to the virus? So it mumps in general refers to this um, collection of uh, sicknesses or symptoms that go together. So let's let's talk about the symptoms that. Dr. Oscar from the office okay. uh, gave and let me know what's accurate. So he said over the next few hours. That over the next several hours. Which you're makes gonna... no sense already. Okay. <clears throat> I can't predict how quickly someone's going to get sick. But saying that they get fever, aching, fatigue, those are pretty vague symptoms that you would get from any kind of like viral syndrome. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if you got a cold, you probably felt achy, you felt tired, you get a fever. Um, intense jaw pain, which makes sense because it does affect glands in that area um your parotid gland uh sometimes is at that angle of your jaw yeah salivary glands that are near there too um you have submandibular which is just under your jaw okay any of those being swollen means if you open your mouth it's gonna hurt well he specifically said intense jaw pain when you eat sour or eat tart food okay and that can happen because if it affects your salivary gland right you um if it has your salivary gland, if it's big and angry and it has to work, means it's gonna hurt. Okay. And if you think about foods that you eat, what types of food tend to make you salivate the most? That's Salivates. gonna be sour stuff. Yeah. However, there are certain situations where if you have a blocked salivary duct, that's our treatment. Is we give you lots of sour candies. What would that. block a salivary duct? Stones. Oh, okay. Sometimes stones. You sometimes can get spit stones the way you can get a kidney stone. Yeah, or tonsil stones. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know about. Um, yeah, that I know about. Any kind of collection of debris can potentially clog a pore or a duct. Okay. So if you can make it work more, you potentially can build up enough pressure that it you salivate so much that it just busts through the obstruction. I guess. Like like the virus is trying to go through Mr. Burns's door of disease. Correct. And they are all trying to go through, but they all stop each other <laughs> all at the same time, so they can't bust through. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Um, he describes a goiter-like swelling, which is not how I would describe mump swelling. Uh, and why not? So whenever you use the term goiter, that's specifically referring to the front of your neck. And more specifically, it's your, your thyroid. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with your thyroid. So, And they even showed it. Like, none of them had goiter-like swellings. It was all on the side of the neck. Even yeah. when Holt developed, was it Penelope? Penelope and Penelope Balthazar, and Balthazar his, on, two, his two goiters that he referred to as goiters anyway. Yes, but they are his two mumps, mm-hmm. which is probably a better way to describe it. They all were always on the side of his neck. And that was that's the big thing with mumps. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Um, so most people, they do develop them on both sides. 25% only get one side. So Jake was one of the quote-unquote lucky ones that mm-hmm. it was only on one side. But it usually looks like you have a second jaw. Is it? Okay, so how um, before we get into the last symptom, which is uh-huh. the most fun, yeah. how accurate was the makeup? It's pretty accurate. Like, as a guy who's seen mumps a, couple, a few times now... You've seen mumps recently? Yeah, in the hospital. Yeah. Um, it just looks like you swelled up on one side of your neck and you look really misfigured. Yeah, it, like, it doesn't... You, you sometimes talk about, like, a football player or a... So fat guy that has no neck. It doesn't look like a fat guy with no neck. It does not look like a fat guy with no neck or a fat guy with multiple necks. Actually, it's closer to a fat guy with multiple necks yeah. than not. It looks like, for I, I don't remember if we've talked about Dune on this podcast recently or on my Star Trek podcast most recently, but it looks like Baron Harkonnen from Dune, from, from the David Lynch Dune. Where he just is massively swollen. Yeah. I mean, they... Because look, he got... Because he looks gouty. Yeah. 
And it, I mean, it, it almost looks like, um, you know, those old timey, uh, movies where they get their teeth pulled mm-hmm. and they have to wear that thing around their head to kind of, yeah, that's what it looks with like, like the cool, like a, with the hot water bottle sitting on the top of their head. Yeah. I'm trying to find a picture just so I can show Johnny what a mop actually looks like. And oh actually, man. It actually looks like from the show where they just look, they did a good job. Yeah. They look real mumpy. And that was like the first thing I, I would describe. And it's funny that I was looking that up because one of the top hockey players in the world also came down with mumps. And this was during a season of hockey where I think 14 top players got infected with mumps and they couldn't put on their cups because of the because last Because of symptom. the last symptom, which is about. intense testicular pain. Yes. So you do get something called orchitis, which is just swelling of the testicles. And they get real swollen and real tender. So these like, players... Give me sports ball size. It depends on the person. Okay. So even going twice as much of what you normally were at mm-hmm. would cause significant pain. Even going half as big. Like going know, going from a golf ball to a like racquetball would yeah, be... Enough to cause a lot of pain. Because any amount of shaking or moving or walking would cause significant tenderness. I'm uncomfortable and I'm ending this episode now. I mean, it's not fun. This is why you need to vaccinate. Because otherwise you're going to end up with, you know, big old balls. Yeah. If you get... Mumps, and that's like one of the... And not like the fun ACDC version. No. No. How dare you? Terrible. Great song. Horrendous. Um, and it takes a long time to heal, too. Like, viral orchitis will take up to, like, a week and a half to fully go away. Well, they were quarantined, and they, they were quarantined for nine days, yeah. which is close. I'd say the weird thing about their quarantine is the minute their quarantine ended, all their symptoms resolved immediately. Yeah. Which is not how mumps resolves. Like, it takes time. Like, anything that takes that much time to swell up that quickly will take a longer time for the swelling to Okay. So, so they they would end their quarantine because you're no longer contagious. You're just going to go around with this mass, with gigantic balls and painful face tumors. The general rule of thumb is once you don't have a fever anymore, you're really not contagious anymore. Okay. With most illnesses. Like, that's why a lot of people can't go back to school or to work until they're fever-free for 24 hours. The The general school of thought is if you're fever-free, or as long as you don't have a fever, you can't be contagious anymore. Okay. Not 100% true, obviously, with all of the news of other viruses in the news and whatnot. But most of the time, that's what they kind of assume. Um, would... Would they have just been quarantined? Would this be something that they'd want actual observation so, of? Technically, this is a public health emergency. Because mumps, anything that's vaccine preventable when there is an outbreak of it becomes a public health emergency. Really? Yeah. So if you have the mumps and I tested you positive for it, I have to call the health department. Kind of like we hear, we heard recently in San Diego about measles. Mm-hmm. The measles outbreak is, is a public health emergency because of the fact that why the crap do you have measles? We have shots for this now. Correct. Yeah. So now we have to track where it is, uh, figure out who's been exposed. I mean, as an adult, you probably haven't had your MMR booster, right? Like, probably not. I mean, I have to as part of my job. Is because, because you hang out with... with Ger- Germany children yeah. with the potential for having measles. Hang out with might not be the right term there. Yes. I apologize. Surround myself with? No, 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 no. Bad. Um, just... Exposed to? No. No, 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 no. Let's go with work with. Work around. I I am around a lot of children at work. Yeah. And we definitely get exposed quite a bit to it. Um, I want to touch on the cold medicine overdosing. Mm -hmm. 
Because, man, did they drink a lot of cold medicine. They, they were literally doing shots of cold medicine, uh, which, I mean... I mean, Balthazar is a thirsty bitch. Balthazar is a thirsty bitch. Um, but they were um, sipping that purple drink. They were yeah, all on the Tussin. I would assume it's either the Tussin. Um, I'm also assuming that it could have been something with acetaminophen in it. Mm-hmm. So if they were drinking a lot of that, they're the first done. Yeah. Um, you also, if they had a lot of Benadryl in it too, which is like the big medicine that they have in there to help you sleep, mm-hmm. hallucinations would be very... We've talked about that quite a bit. That, yeah. That Benadryl hallucinations are a thing. It's a huge thing. And that's when you get kids that overdose on it, or adults even. Mm-hmm. They come in hallucinating. They also come in really hot. So that's not helping their fever at all. Right? Um, they're really dry. Mm-hmm. They're blind sometimes. They just act crazy. So they were drinking so much cold medicine that I'm surprised none of them just passed out. I mean, they were trying to sleep and all that stuff. Yeah. But they would have been real, real messed up. Um, is touching the goit not the goiter, is touching the mump as painful and... It's going to be sore. It's going to okay. be really, really sore. The other thing you might notice is if you touch it, it might be warm too. Um, that kind of poke uh-huh. hurt like hell. And it's, think about like if you had lymph nodes and stuff like that, when mm-hmm. you get sick and you just kind of touch it, if, it's really tender. So imagine that on a grander scale. That would yeah, hurt being half of your face. Exactly. That okay. would hurt a lot. Um, I, I'm, the, a lot of the treatment is supportive care. So actually taking like ibuprofen or something like that would help a lot and maybe not make the mumps hurt so much. Mm-hmm. But and it also would reduce the swelling a little bit, but you would look miserable. Would taking cold medicine be the right choice for mumps? Well, there's no cold. Right? Okay, that's, so like, that's, yeah. A lot of people kind of go, "Oh, I have a cough, so I'm going to take some Tylenol." That does absolutely nothing. In this situation, I mean, the symptoms from mumps is discomfort in the glands, uh, a painful jaw, painful chewing, mm-hmm. fever, headache, body aches, decreased eating, and then fatigue. So, so none of that is none of that is Dayquil. Correct. The only thing in Dayquil would be the ibuprofen or the, right. the, the Tylenol. What about like a, a sinus med? You're not the the swelling doesn't get to the point where it's giving you like a sinus headache. Well, it's not in fact it's not involving your sinuses okay. at all. So you have no congestion or runny nose, right? So if you have no congestion or runny nose, the likeliness of it involving your sinuses is pretty darn low. Okay. So that's why I think it would just really, really the biggest thing that would help would be like a warm compress or cold compress on your neck. And then ibuprofen and staying well hydrated. And also not trying to solve mysteries. Correct. Um, though it would keep your brain occupied enough so that mm-hmm. you don't have to think about okay. your mumpiness. Um, and then, do you know why people really get vaccines for mumps? It's not just the mumpy feelings and stuff like no, that. No, I don't. So really, the biggest concerns with mumps, just like measles and rubella and rubiola, which is measles, is because you don't want to get deafness, which can actually cause be a secondary hmm. thing of the mumps, uh, meningitis and encephalitis. Huh. So it actually can cause like neurologic issues and central nervous infections or central nervous system infections. So that's the reason why the vaccine is really important. Yes, it will prevent these minor... Quote, the, this this two-week discomfort. Correct. But it's really preventing you from dying. Okay. So that's like the bigger thing that it's trying to prevent. So they would have probably not, they, they, they would have been at least 
checking in with their doctors every week or something like that. Yeah, or when they start hallucinating or acting really weird or throwing up a lot, that's when you kind of worry about meningitis. Mm -hmm. I mean, the hallucinations with fever, that's pretty common. Like, some people say weird stuff when they have fevers or act really Case, 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 case. Yes, and then eventually with a K. Mm -hmm. That's normal in a fever situation. But if you start vomiting a bunch or become difficult to arouse, that's when it gets really worrisome and scary. Um... At one point in time, they wanted to leave in the most ineffective biohazard suits ever. They, uh, I believe Captain Holt had, uh, like, galoshes mm-hmm. and oven mitts. Yep. Um, and, like you said, the, uh, the uh, N95 ma- or N99 masks. Yeah. Um, obviously, we know that that's not going to be effective. No. But... I mean, to be honest, the best way to prevent infection is to wash your freaking hands. And not touch stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're going to touch everything. And the fact that they have to put on their gloves and stuff like that, that's going to touch a lot of stuff too. So. And they're still going to touch their faces with their oven mitts. Correct. And the oven mitts aren't exactly like gloves where, or like latex or nitrile gloves where it doesn't have a bunch of pores in it. Yeah. I mean, you can those, still sweat through the oven mitts. Yeah. And the oven mitts will catch more stuff on it because there's more nooks and crannies and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to also think. Since this is winter time, can you guess what else? What else would cause parotitis, which I've seen this year already? The flu. Yeah, just regular flu, which is more reasons why you need to get the flu shot so you don't get big old salivary glands and be miserable yep. and can't eat sour candies or anything like that. And then meningitis, and then yes, yeah. I mean, the flu causes pneumonia and all that stuff. It's still pretty darn deadly. Yeah. But it, that's not the hot. But it's less disease. sexy. It is not the hot, sexy than COVID nineteen. Yes, or mumps. Or mumps. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you, we already talked about their recovery a little bit. Mm-hmm. They would kind of like when we were talking about comas last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they they wouldn't just be Tuesday. I'm sick. Wednesday. No. I'm one hundred percent again. So if you think about the whole disease course. So let's say once you start showing symptoms, which is usually with fever, um, the swelling of your face lasts for about one to three days. They, I think in the show it was like for five or six days yeah. or something like that. Um, fevers will last for three to four days, which is kind of standard. Like, I mean, that's what I tell every family is that we really don't worry until the fever lasts more than five days in a row. Because mm-hmm. most illnesses by day four, which is usually your worst day of sickness, you should start getting better by day five or so. And something that I think you and I have talked about, but I don't know that we've talked about on the show, Mm -hmm. a fever to worry about is not, I'm at 99.6. No. And honestly, I don't care about the number. Mm -hmm. Because the only time I've actually seen legitimate brain damage from a fever was from someone who was in a hot car with that was not open. So it was like a baby that was left behind in a car fully raised windows and eventually that baby had like a temperature of 109 and that was the only time we actually saw wow it. yeah and that was not because of their own body that was uh-huh. from external um sources yeah and that's the only reason why we saw like denaturing of proteins and all that like their muscles were breaking mm-hmm. down the brain like the kid came in with seizures and all this other stuff mainly because that kid was baked so even a hundred three hundred four degree fever okay. is bad. Yeah, it's, in that it's it's it's, it's a bad, bad symptom. It's a bad symptom, but you don't need to go to the ER for it. Mm-hmm. Um, your brain, the hypothalamus in your brain, really controls fevers. So as long as you're a normal person with a functioning brain, 
you sh your brain will keep you from hitting those levels of fever. Whereas the only patient I've ever seen that hit a 107, 108 without being sat in a car was a patient who was not vaccinated and ended up getting like encephalitis. Mm -hmm. Which means that your brain's not functioning the way it should. Correct. And that was the only time I've actually seen the temperature hit that high. Okay. So, I mean... I'm sure we're going to get angry people. I don't know if anti-vaccine people listen to this podcast. I somehow um, doubt it. I, I, I somehow doubt it too, but if they are, this is why we do all this stuff. And I don't make money from Big Pharma. I'm also, I mean, no, I don't make any money from Big Pharma, let's be honest. Um, but it's just a silly thing to think that. I'm busy enough as is as a doctor. This is why I tell, tell families all the time that don't vaccinate, is that I'm really busy as a doctor. I don't need more business. Mm -hmm. My job is to keep you away from my emergency department as much as I can. So if I can do something to keep you from coming back, that's my whole job. Yeah. You're like IT. Yeah. Your goal is not to see, not to be seen. I tell them, you're nice people. I just hope I never see you in my hospital ever again. And that is the way I usually sell it. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, people are a little receptive to that because they realize, look, I'm not in it for the money. I have no benefit. But if they understand that doctors who actually do give vaccines... Um, don't make any money from giving the vaccine, right. they would understand that. Yeah. Like it actually costs the office money to actually provide that service because storing the medications, making sure the lot number is correct, all that stuff actually costs more money than to actually give the medication. It's okay. more public service than anything. Yeah. Um, before I ask a couple important questions, uh -huh. uh, anything else you want to add about plot points and what we saw? trying to think amy is real brave going in there and out of there like, even with her back you know yeah i mean it depends on when she got her booster and stuff like that and does she know that it took sometimes those vaccines don't take that's the reason why herd immunity is so yeah. important um i mean i think the last time i got a booster for mmr was before fellowship so that was like six years ago so i'm probably overdue for it now and it was crazy because when i actually got my titers to tell me what level of immunity i had mm -hmm. to the most common types of illnesses i was at zero forever for, for oh because because it had been so long yeah and it wasn't even that long and i was at zero for everything so i had to get re mm -hmm. inoculated or re uh, vaccinated just to get my immune system back to where it should be if i was going to be exposed to so many sick children all the time yeah so possibly gonna check your titers again yeah eventually someday maybe <laughs> um all right well with that i've got an important question yeah uh the human centipede builds itself as 100 percent medically accurate okay if that's the case how medically accurate is brooklyn 99 season 3 episode 12 nine days okay so it's it's okay we'll we can start with that it's more accurate than the human centipede that's that's a given um, in terms of how fast they show the convert, like the positive tests, that's a little silly. Like mm -hmm. the, you can't get sick from the mumps that quickly, but we don't know exactly how much time elapsed from when they spied on him at the the gym to when they got right. diagnosed with it. And usually, I didn't talk about how it's transitioned, but usually it's through saliva or mm -hmm. saliva droplets. So when they talked about licking eyeballs, that would have been actually a great way to transmit it. Yeah, so that actually would be a way to transmit it. I don't know how they got it that quickly, unless they went into the gym and touched everything. Mm -hmm. or, or they didn't actually get it from him. Potentially, but then where did they get it from? That's a good... A Anywhere question. in Brooklyn. I guess so, because there was an outbreak. 
Um, them describing it as a goiter, that's more like a technical description kind of thing more than anything. Would a doctor sometimes use the wrong term because it's what people get? I wouldn't call it goiter because that's such a... Because it's specific? It's very specific to be the front of the neck. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those loaded words that if you had a patient who looks up everything you tell them, they'd be like, oh, there's something wrong with my thyroid. Can I please get my thyroid checked? That's a good point. So... I would try to avoid certain words like that. I would say you're gonna, your neck's gonna swell, mm-hmm. and it's usually the side of your neck or your jaw is gonna swell, and it's involving these glands. And this is why I don't want you eating sour food right now because mm-hmm. it's gonna hurt a lot. So that's an, a better way to describe it than just using goiter. I mean, goiter is easy for TV yeah. people to understand, but if you're the patient and you were told your goiter is gonna swell, the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna go home, look up what goiter is, and then. Yeah, and and then be be concerned about your thyroid. Yeah, yeah, give me more trouble. Um, Cold medicine overdose—that's pretty pretty accurate, I would say. Um, But really, it's just how long the sickness lasted for, which was kind of stretched out. And nine days is such an arbitrary nine days is such an arbitrary number to pick. Mm -hmm. I would say. Um, Usually, I would say your your quarantine until resolution of these symptoms. And at least a day after that. Okay. That would be an easier way to describe it. So percentage-wise, it's probably like 160, 180, I'd say. Okay, that's that's better I mean, than scrubs. I mean, this was a pretty accurate portrayal of mumps. Like, it looked hilarious, but that's because that's mumps. how you look. Like, you look hideous. You look like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Um the Disney version of it. He looked, like <laughs> he, he looked like he had mumps, too. Yeah. I noticed that they did a really good job with Jake's eye makeup. Oh, yeah, because they almost made it look like he was just sad. With yeah, he had really eyes. sunken in eyes. I think that just all adds up with the bumps. Like, everything's swollen. Nothing's draining from the top of your head mm-hmm. down. Your lymphatic system's all blocked up. So that's why you look just sad in general. Mm-hmm. And mumps in general... Like, Plus your testicle, your testicles hurt. Yeah, you're going to not sleep super well. That's because, a good reason to look sad. Well, you can't lie down or sit comfortably without, you know, at least knocking into one or two of them and then causing a lot of pain. But I don't think anyone's ever taken a picture with the mumps and looks, like, good. There, there, there is no Instagram mumps no, models. It, it's funny because if you look on Google and you Google mumps, you have all these people that are trying to look kind of nice with their mumps pictures. It's impossible. You I just, might be taking a moment now and Googling sexy mumps uh, I'm gonna, just to see what happens. You're going to be sorely disappointed. Um, it just looks horrible. Yeah, the first one is young, pretty woman with blonde hair with mumps. <laughs> and she looks terrible it's, it's just dumb stuff like you cannot look good with mumps period so noted yeah but yeah that's like it's pretty accurate though I will say um if they wanted to do this type of disease and have it be something that could be diagnosed better mm-hmm. or I'm sorry not diagnosed better diagnosed more quickly mm-hmm. is there another option that they could have done PCR is the fastest way to diagnose someone. Okay. Um, and that usually comes back within like an hour or two. I, I was thinking more the the 16 to 19 days of... I mean, that's the incubation time. Mm-hmm. So like it depends from when you got it. So it depends. Really. Okay. And the thing is, what they could have played it off as is, oh, you know, there's an outbreak. They could have gotten it from before that. Right. And then now they have it. I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. Why the heck were Jake and Captain Holt... And the doctors together at the same time. Yeah, that's kind of weird. 
I, I wouldn't want to be diagnosed with mumps with my boss. With your boss there, yeah. Even if you both have the same symptoms. Yeah, I wouldn't want. It's it's a HIPAA violation, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that is an odd thing that I never noticed. I, yeah. And why was Amy? Well, Amy being there Amy, with yeah. Jake would make sense, but Amy being there with Holt makes no sense. Amy secretly has power of attorney over Holt. That's my headcanon right now. It's not, it's also not secret that she has power of attorney over Jake. Yeah. It's just given by this point now. Yeah. And yeah. probably a good call. Yeah. For him, for sure. Yeah. With Mr. Mumpy. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to add on on nine days other than, you know, wash your hands, guys? I was going to say, like, that's probably the biggest thing is just wash your hands. That's the best way to prevent any kind of illness. Um, also, don't buy all the toilet paper. That would be great, too. Okay. <laughs> Uh, if you are looking for toilet paper and can't find it at Costco, at least here in San Diego, uh, Home Depot, great place to find it. Yeah, but really, if you're if you're stocking for the apocalypse, toilet paper is not the thing you need. <laughs> Seriously, um, or Purell, fine. I get that part. If you're like, if you're not you a prepper podcast, yeah, but no, you don't need that much toilet paper. It's driving me nuts watching how much toilet paper is being bought by random people right now. You can't poop that much. No one poops that much. Unless you, even if you have IBD, you can't poop that much. <laughs> it takes a lot. So, all, right. all right. Well, hopefully next week we'll be talking about how all of the craziness has ended and people are being normal again. I can um, only hope. But that's not likely. So no. uh, next week we'll have another episode that is tangentially related to craziness. Yes. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. Thanks, folks, for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday with more Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Thank you. Cool. Oh, this one's good.